Welcome to the Love is Viral show. I'm your host, Jeanette Schneider, the founder and CEO of Live Media and the creator of the Live Pocket Coach on the Apple App Store. Our premise at Live is simple. A healthier you today leads to a healthier world tomorrow. Our guests include neuroscientists, therapists, professors, coaches, authors, yogis, speakers, entrepreneurs, and those who believe that a bigger, better life can be found at the intersection of mindfulness and science. Join me as we nerd out with a little bit of soul. The Love is Viral show is a live media production. Adriana Lee is all about self-discovery and empowerment through yoga. She teaches her students how to breathe, how to feel, and how to get reacquainted with their bodies. She found yoga at a young age, but it didn't make an imprint until later when she utilized it to navigate a challenging relationship, followed by a challenging divorce. In this episode, we discuss the value of movement and processing our emotions and feeling more deeply into our bodies, why spiritual bypassing and toxic positivity are so last year, the importance of feeling your way through your triggers, and why we must listen to our bodies. Adriana's intention is to share what she has learned about the magic of movement and the bliss of being. She is a yoga teacher trainer and she leads 200 hour certification classes. Let's dig in. Hey, this is Jeanette Schneider. Welcome back to the Love is Viral show. I'm here with Adriana Lee. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to chat with you. Um, First of all, I don't really get to talk to a lot of people out of Vegas where I live. So that's amazing to find a yogi um, who is nearby. So I want to thank you first for being on the show. And um, I have lots of questions for you. (laughs) Um, Before we got started, one of the things I shared is that, you know, I feel like there's so many platforms out there that are like, what are the top five reasons I should do this? What are the three benefits of yoga? What are the six, whatever? And I kind of like to like peel that back and go a little bit deeper. Um, I came into, I think, my own spirituality through my yoga practice many years ago. And it's what really drew me within. And as you grow and evolve, you learn kind of different facets of yourself and your spirituality and your relationship with your body. And I'm curious, before I get started on all of that kind of the bigger ethereal questions, um, what brought you to yoga first and foremost? I actually have kind of a weird history with yoga. Um, I did my first ever yoga class when I was like nine years old and then didn't see it again until I was a, like a teenager, but still really young um, in a children's like theater company. <laughs> so that's where I used yoga and I loved it so much. I started a home practice. Like I knew two things, you know, sun salutations and maybe goddess pose. Um, but those two things that I knew I did almost every day. And it felt really natural when I got to college and things started getting kind of picked to, you know, try an actual yoga class with an actual teacher. And, um, and that's kind of when I got totally hooked. Once I realized that it was more than just the two things that I knew, then I, you know, pretty got obsessed and it became my safe place. I love that. When you say that it, it became your safe place, did you ever look at it as just being something physical or was it always kind of the mental and emotional combined? I would say for a little while, no, it was definitely pretty physical. I, um, I also had like eating disorders, um, for a long time. And so part of what helped me get through it, but also part of the reason why I started yoga in the first place was definitely to, you know, lose the perceived weight that I had to lose. And, um, yeah, so when I first started, yeah, I, I thought about the physical and I wanted to make sure I was sweating and I wanted to do all the, like all the crazy poses, but 
you know, I guess I went from a gym to some park yoga classes and the park yoga classes were very spiritual. Um, Mm -hmm. my first chanting experience, like I cried and, um, and that really kind of changed the whole path for me. I love that. So I've talked about often on this show that like my breaking open moment was in a yoga class, like where I actually found meditation and I found my kind of spirituality and realized I was a part of something bigger. And I was just going to sweat and stay thin because I was newly single and I was like, I got to look good. Um, so I, I went for fitness and it's even funny now with what's going on with the pandemic, like I walk three to four miles a day. And what I've noticed is that when I walk, because I'm trying to pay attention to my heart rate and I'm trying to pay attention to how much I sweat, the walk seems arduous. I feel like I'm out there forever. I can't wait to get home. I'm very hot. When I go with the mindset that I need to be outdoors and expand my mind and I need to connect and I need to see the colors and see the animals and the birds and the whatever, it's a completely different experience. Absolutely. It really is. And it's the same thing in a yoga class. You know, when you go to sweat, think about like, how much you're sweating and you look at your watch after and how many calories you burned. But when you go just to feel better, it's like, I don't know, you experience the pose and experience your breath and it's really cool. Yeah. I love that. I am. I'm curious because yoga became kind of like a rabbit hole for me. And I remember Mm -hmm. going on this deep search because I found so many of my answers on my mat. And I think that for me, I dealt with a very high pressure career, Um, I had enormous anxiety and that was the only place that my mind was quiet. It was the only place that I was like, this is like my church. This is where I can be quiet. And in that solitude on my mat with like, you know, however many people around me, um, my answers would slowly come to me and the things that I needed to work through all of a sudden seemed so much simpler and smaller. And so a, a lot of people, you know, they hesitate with yoga and spirituality. And I remember one time laying out on my mat and I don't know if you know him, there's a, a, a yogi in town named Dre. I can't remember Dre. Yes. You know, Dre. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dre Gardner. (laughs) So Dre had this habit of like doing these almost like haiku type poetry things at the end of his class. And I would just lay there and tears would stream out of my face. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is happening right now? that has brought the physical and the mental and emotional all together in one package. And I love the things that the the yogis say, but I also love something that you've talked about recently and something that I'm struggling with. There's so many folks out there who kind of want to be gurus in these spaces. And what I worry is that sometimes we're not, we, we only have a limited amount of time to share our thoughts with people and to guide them. And sometimes those are stuck more in the, the, light and airy ways of looking at the world and not really sometimes getting into the gunk. And I know that you've talked somewhat on your platform about spiritual bypassing and being careful about honoring someone who, who claims that they kind of have the answers, but you're not willing to do the work yourself. Talk to me a little bit about why that's so important for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, just in regards to spiritual bypassing it, yeah, you can say it's all love and light, but if, if you're not living in love and light, then it is in love and light. So then you're just bypass all of the stuff in order to get to this space of love and light. And so I I kind of hate the phrase love and light now, uh, because it's, you know, you have to get through what if your trauma, like you can just bypass all that and go straight. No, you have to work through the trauma, the emotions. And, and some of that's going to happen on your 
oh, that's going to happen in your journal and therapy and like, you know, in those that are very real and tangible, it's not just going to go from, you know, I, you know, trauma, now I'm in love. That's not how it works. And I think the people who claim that that is how it works, I think that they still haven't maybe done the work where they're not willing to actually get anyone from darkness to light. And guru, I mean, the meaning of the word guru is dark to light. Literally someone who takes you from the darkness into the light. There's a journey along the way. You don't just wake up one day and it's all love and light and, and fairies and rainbows. So, uh, there's so much work that has to be done. And I think it's, it's really kind of sad that there's so many people that want to bypass that work because it's so important and, and trying to over it. It's, it's kind of toxic, you know? Yeah. I was, I was thinking about that phrase, toxic positivity, because I see, I'm all about doing the work. I have been meddling a little bit into the, the, the correlation of mindfulness and neuroscience and neuroplasticity, which has been fascinating. Like I love the (laughs) idea that maybe we're not bypassing the work, but maybe we're we're kind of short wiring some synapses mm-hmm. so that we don't have to spend so much time in the work. Um, but I think the thing that really bothers me is that there's sometimes this kind of toxic positivity where you see memes and you see quotes and you see these sayings and um, you're, there, there's no correlation to the action. And that's one of the things that has bothered me, especially with like you can manifest anything that you want. And I truly 100% believe that. But I also believe that you have to co-create that by your action. And yeah. I think sometimes people shortchange. Yeah. And your words and your thoughts, it's, it's everything. And if you really want to manifest something beautiful, but your day-to-day thinking is really harsh towards yourself, like that's where your work begins. And it's probably in meditation. It's probably in sitting and seeing those thoughts come up and figuring out like where that came from in the first place and then working through it, you know, and definitely using things like affirmations or, or mantras or vision boarding, you know, all that stuff is really powerful and I believe in it. But I think that if, you know, like how can you begin your day with better thoughts too? How can you insert some affirmations throughout, you know, um, an Ayurveda coach who was absolutely amazing, but she, because of my constitution, I need to drink more water. And she had me set reminders in my phone for like eight times a day to read these affirmations and drink water. And so that's super tangible, um, but also uh, kind of a way to keep it going throughout so that you're not stuck in just the morning or just the evening. I like that. I think sometimes that's, uh, we've talked about that a lot on this platform, like how important it is to create healthy habits, right? And that if you continue to do them and you take control of them, because you could have a goal, like I need to drink more water, but if you don't kind of set those, and it's the same thing with our life. Like I want to bring in a healthy and happy relationship. I want this beautiful career and you can put those out there, which sometimes I worry is what people do when they're like, oh, I'm manifesting it. I'm putting it on a vision board and forgetting it. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> like put it on the vision board a hundred percent, but then you have to create habits so that you're kind of co-creating. You're actually creating the, the individual who is going to step into that? Like it's that not fake it till you make it, but I mean, you're really kind of embodying who it is you want to become. And some of that means that those habits are going to take out old nasty habits. Right. And I think that that's a more positive way of looking at it. You mentioned something earlier that I really liked and you know, we've, this whole whole idea of, of observing our own thoughts as they arise rather than 
being one with them or being um, triggered by them. Mm, Yeah. And instead, like, how do you healthfully observe your own thoughts and work through a trigger? So actually, um, one of the styles that I practice forest yoga and Anna Forrest has this quote, never waste a good trigger. And it is my favorite because I think that, um, yeah, there's ways to avoid your triggers and not work through them and just continually be triggered by them. But that kind of keeps you in that same traumatized state, right? Mm-hmm. If you observe a trigger come up, obviously in the moment when you're you know, out in the world and it's, it's a high intensity trigger, it's going to be really challenging to navigate. But um, like your yoga practice and meditation are, are two really good places to, in a safe way, experience that trigger, see where it's coming from, and then honestly just sit with the emotion. Sometimes we are so stuck in that fight or flight, um, trying to get past the emotion, trying to like run away from it or avoid or distract ourselves that honestly, if we would just sit with it, you know, some triggers, maybe 10 minutes, some triggers, maybe you need to sit with that emotion for a few days or, you know, not literally a few days, but, but every day for an hour or so, um, it does get better. And I, there's another read a lot, but <laughs> there's another, um, there's an author who wrote, uh, the dance of the lion and the unicorn. And it's amazing. It's about relationships, but he has this analogy of imagining that your trigger is like this, you know, this door and you can hear this pounding behind it. And so you make up all these stories about what's behind the door and you're imagining this like 3000 pound gorilla with like teeth. And, you know, you're imagining this thing that's going to come out and hurt you. But if you would actually just open the door, it's like your five-year-old self, you know, just banging Mm. and pleading to be heard. Yeah. Well, at someone I read this and quote the other day. Yeah, well, I read this quote the other day that was like, we just have a bunch of of unhealed children running around as you know, dressed as adults, and it's so it's incredibly true. true because we all have these, you know, these pasts that they're the stories that come with us in any interaction. You're watching the thought bubble and the experiences of someone, uh, someone before. And I love the idea of calling out the emotions as well, because I think sometimes you can observe them and you can say, this is where I struggle is where people are like, I'm sitting with it. And like, cool, sitting, does that, is that active, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you're sitting in it, sometimes I feel people, they want to sit with their trauma and bond with it as opposed to observe it, speak it, say it and be like, this is fear. This is that experience. This is this person. And to me, it's like, okay, what, what's the action that's moving you through it as opposed to holding it and bonding with it? I think mm-hmm. it's so – and I'm like a very physical person. Like I have to move. That's how I move energy. It's how I get things out. It's why I – right now, because I'm not I'm, – I'm at home with a little person um, working, so I haven't been able to get back to like the gym and my yoga practice and all of that stuff because we're figuring out life during a pandemic. Um, Absolutely. But I, like, I have to move, like I have to go and like physically move things out of my body. And I think that one of the most valuable things you can do is rather than sit with something, move with it and understand it and allow it to leave you, um, a little bit better (laughs) than when it arrived, than when it showed up all of a sudden. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you go first. (laughs) I was like, have you ever had anyone kind of have a breakthrough or have you through a practice where you're just like all of the things come to the surface? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that body work is kind of a way to help that along. Um, but you'll find that there's, especially working with someone one-on-one, I'll notice that for whatever reason, I can't get 
we'll say like their inner thighs to engage. Like there's some block, you know? So instead of the inner thighs doing the work of engaging, it's like outer hips are squeezing for balance. And it's, it's, I mean, that happened to me for a while. My adductors were just like really sleepy as muscles. And when you dive deep into like, well, what, what energy is held in those? Like what kinds of emotions are held there? You can look into, okay, like what could be held there? And you can physically do like body work on the muscles. Um, if that's something that you're that person that you're working with knows about, or if you know how to do it. Um, but also just like, yeah, other ways of moving it out, depending on the muscle. Um, and it can be really intense and especially doing body work. And whenever we uh, lead yoga teacher trainings, the students are always like, I'm sorry, what you're kidding. Right. Um, but there's this demonic laugh that comes up when a muscle is holding something heavy. I'm not even kidding. It's that's so creepy. <laughs> so creepy. It's like this, like ticklish, like thing <laughs> that out and and if you breathe through it and talk through it and continue working the muscle breakthrough is so intense and so beautiful because then you know suddenly they might like smell something from childhood or remember something and then it's like it it's just really cool to see the way that you release once it's gone you know or once it's been worked out uh, eventually then the whatever you were pushing on or whatever you were working with it stops being so sensitive the laugh stops they're breathing they're talking and then there's that moment of relief and it's, it's really cool to see not only is live like a life coach in your pocket but we have coaches in 3d as well with our most recent upgrade you can sign up for one-on-one -on -one coaching with a person on the phone who will hold you down hold you accountable and offer you perspective as you build your big bad beautiful new life apple users can sign up for our premium plus plan through the app or check out our next level and mastery options at loveisviral.com forward slash coaching android users we haven't forgotten about you Live Coaching is available to you as well. Just reach out to us at dearlive at loveisviral.com and we'll fill you in on all the ways Live can create with you. Live Pocket Coach, welcome to your life. That's amazing. I, I mean, I've had, I believe that we carry stuff with us and it's in our bodies and it's, there's so much um, evidence to support that. But at the same time, you're kind of like, what? You know, like I, I have a hamstring that really bothers me. So like as you were talking, I was like, oh, my gosh, what's in there? <laughs> like what, Ooh, like, what kind of laugh is going to come out? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's interesting. I just I think that we are so connected to to our bodies in, mm -hmm. in so many ways, um, not just physically, energetically, but we disavow them in so many ways. We kind of make ourselves separate. We stare at them. We, we are hard on ourselves. We, we look at ourselves and our bodies from an external point of view, I think. We um, do. All right. Yeah. Like instead of actually kind of being like, this is my temple, I'm here. That's how I feel when I'm on my mat. When I was going through, I was going through a divorce and like, so yoga was my church. And I literally, and I remember being on that mat and being like, this is for me. And I would forget everybody else and everything else that was happening. And that, and I was, I really felt like it was just, I was this little temple moving. Um, and so many beautiful things came from that, you know, and so many new yeah. experiences and new memories and um, ways of relating, I think, to myself. And I, I also noticed that I moved differently um, mm -hmm. when I was actively practicing. 
there was like yeah, absolutely. a confidence or something. I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah. Well, it's like all the things that keep you stuck, you know, all of the little judgments that you have against yourself once you're on your mat and you have time to shed through all of it and maybe cry some of it out, you know, you definitely on your mat move differently. And then once you get off your mat, yeah, there's a different kind of walk that you have a different kind of talk. It's, it's different, you know, and I, I can feel that if I go a week without practicing, my thoughts are different. <laughs> you know, my eating habits change, everything changes. It's this domino effect. And so really just starting with movement can change so much for you, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. It's funny. I was actually reading something recently. There was an article and it, it was a, like a fitness magazine, I think it was. And this man was talking about how that the people who come out of yoga classes always look like they know something that no one else yes. knows. He's <laughs> like, they walk out and they have like this sweaty glow about them and they look like they've had this like, like they know something we haven't figured out yet. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, I love that. I think that that's so true. And my my boyfriend and I, like we practice together um, and he's, you know, athlete, masculine, whatever. But like, once you get into it, it actually helped his performance on the court. It helped his performance, um, just his body and flexibility. So there's so many benefits to it, but I've always noticed the the correlation between kind of the spiritual and the, and the physical. Why do you think people are hesitant to get into yoga and meditation? What do you think that that is? I think there's a lot of blocks. I think, um, Unfortunately, a lot of yoga today in the West, it looks like a certain stereotype, you know, like you're a white and um, that can be intimidating for anyone who doesn't fit that specific like niche. Um, And I think that a lot of places have a tendency to kind of exclude people, maybe not on purpose, but in the vibe that they put out in all of their marketing, you know, and, and just the, the energy of the place when you walk in, you don't necessarily feel welcome. And that can be really scary. I've walked in like as a yoga teacher myself into certain studios and just felt like maybe I won't go back here, you know? Really? And so wow. I just, yeah, just, um, not everywhere is super welcoming. Uh, some places like even like the people at the front desk just have this, like, you know, this attitude. And I, I don't believe that that belongs in a yoga space, but, but unfortunately it's, it's just the reality. And I've met a lot of people that have just had not great experiences in studios. And so when they find a space that's welcoming, they are like, yes, finally I'm home, you know, but that can be discouraging to go into a place, not feel welcome. I may never go to another studio after that, if that was my first experience. Yeah, I'm thinking there's actually a studio that I'm thinking about in town. And it, was, it wasn't the yogis, it was the front desk. And there was, because we've commercialized so much. Like, we, it, it becomes a business. And there's a yoga teacher that I'm friends with who was sharing with me that, like, when she opened her own studio, it's almost like all of the things she loved about yoga went away because oh, wow. it became about a business, right? And how to market and how to this and how to that. And it was like she's like, all of the joy and all of the connection I felt like all of a sudden it's like, what's my business plan? What's my marketing plan? What's my, and so I can, I can totally get that, that you could probably feel the vibe of the commercialized, you know, business version of yoga. If you walk into certain places, um, my favorite has always been if I find a really great teacher and then I'm like, where, like, where else do you teach? What other classes (laughs) do you have? I'm coming to you because you have this amazing connection. Um, that I just think is, is really powerful. And I don't think it's about guru. And that's like one of the things. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's about guru. I think it's about the persons, the way they feel and the way they teach and, and who you are in response to them. Like I don't, there's some yoga teachers 
I've actually walked out of one class before because the woman was so aggressive and she was shaming people mm-hmm. if they were laying out during certain certain poses. And I was like, hey, like this isn't this isn't what it's about. You know, like if someone's body has given up in that pose, like they have to trust their yeah. body. Yeah, and maybe and it's not given up. Maybe it's given in. Maybe they just are feeling something and they need to work through it. Like I can't imagine wanting to shame someone on their yoga mat for anything they were doing, you know? Yeah. But no, I found I've just found amazing teachers though, like where I can hear their instruction, but I'm in my own space. You know what I mean? And I love that where they're not trying to be over, they're not overarching and overreaching. And I think that that's been such a valuable thing. And for me, it has been an incredibly spiritual journey. And so I think that's why I love talking about this. And when I was kind of reading some of the things on your platform about the importance of recognizing those things within ourselves, it's not just about the pose. It's not just about the, the leggings that you're wearing. It's not just <laughs> about like, you know, whatever. Um, it's about what's coming up for you and what you're aligning with during these movements. I think that that makes them kind of otherworldly to some extent. Yeah, but you're so right. That's that's exactly what it is. And it's the the things that you can work through on your mat that maybe you couldn't just sitting at home or, or working, you know, in the world. There's so many things that we just, because it's held in the body, if you're not, you know, yoga is healing for the body because we move in different planes of movement, but at your day-to-day life, like we pretty much stay in one plane of movement. And even, um, what's crazy is there's, you know, almost everything that we do, whether we're runners, where you bike, where you sit at a dock, and we do happens in one plane of movement. So anything happening outside of that, your muscles can really like take things on and then never have to address them. Like you may just have this pain and it could be totally unexplained or these emotions that are held. But as soon as you get on your mat, you move in all the different planes. Every muscle gets hit in some way. So it's it gives you that opportunity, I guess, to really dive deep. I love that. I had a trainer that was talking to me about the planes of movement, and I, I had no idea what he was talking about. He's like, we've been doing so many this way. We have to move that way. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, we're engaging new spaces. Understood. Um, and I, I, I think that there are so many people who could benefit just by the surrender to it, you know, just by surrendering to the opportunity to move, move your body and see what shows up for you. My daughter and I actually went to a class called Vent here in Las Vegas, a friend of mine owns the studio. And it's, um, this really great, like music and movement. And it was really fascinating how, when you move, I all of a sudden got very emotional because I was using really big gestures. And the idea is like, you're just dancing and being silly in this space and no one's really paying attention to you. And so, and they'll give you prompts and things like that. And they play this really great music and it's kind of curated um, and like hits this really fun vibe and then slowly comes back down again. And I'm moving and all of a sudden I was taking up enormous space and I got really emotional. And I was like, I didn't realize how badly I needed to physically take up space. Mm, I just got chills. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Well, it was just like such a weird realization. Yeah. And how many women can benefit from that? You know, because we're told to stay small, not just physically, but in so many different ways for our entire lives. And then suddenly you're given the space to take up like, and it feels right, you know? And I I definitely, definitely vibe with that. I've definitely had an experience like that where it's like, oh no, I can actually use my voice and I can be big and yeah, ecstatic can do kind of a similar thing. I I imagine uh, when you're just like moving in all the crazy ways and especially like a 
emotions that make you feel uncomfortable. That's when it gets interesting. Yeah, absolutely. My daughter was so funny because she's nine. And so she's like, she, she wants to like it, but she's also a little bit intimidated. Right. And so she'd start moving around and then she'd start laughing and then she'd look at everybody (laughs) and she would just like bust up at how funny, cause no one cared. And, um, it was, it was a cool experience. And I just was very aware of how, like you were talking about, like we have a tendency to kind of box ourselves in, to sit small, to be in this space. And, um, I think my big, I, the big thing that I'm pulling, like, we just have to, we have to move our bodies and, and listen to them because yeah, they, they want to talk to us, you know, like having that realization in the process of movement was big for me. And it was one of those things where I don't know that I would call it a trigger, but it made me emotional. So it definitely brought on thoughts. Like, why have I not been showing up? Why did I feel like I needed to use more space? What have I been doing where I've been playing small? And that was that, like you were talking about, like, ask the question, like, why is this coming up? Absolutely. And then be willing to dive in and unpack it. Like when was the first time you were told to not take up space or to be small, you know? Mm -hmm. And then where else can you track it and then see like where else in your life it's, you know, there's, there's just so you could do so much work um, just on that one lesson. Right. And, and that's the thing about yoga and about any kind of movement. Like if you're kickboxing, you can find all kinds of great lessons, you know, um, a big piece of it honestly is, um, the startle response that we have. It's the first response that we have in the body, right? It's just taking in air and it's that, you know, that Mm -hmm. taking it and holding it. And it's that kind of moving the whole body back. Part of what's helpful, um, in a lot of different movement, but definitely in yoga is that breathing out, and kind of coming forward as you breathe out, you're literally undoing the startle response. You're doing the opposite of it. And so all of those things, all those moments in your life where maybe you were startled and had that response and, um, it it can help to unwind it, which is really cool. I love the idea of like purposely doing it. Like there's been moments in class where like I'm breathing out and I'm imagining people and experiences falling out of my very tight hips. Cause I have, so I'll just, I'll just imagine like smoke billowing off of me as I'm moving through it. And I'm just like, I'm leaving whomever behind, whoever yeah. was in that right hip, you're gone. <laughs> and I, yeah. someone told me they're like, you shouldn't do it in that way where you're like evicting because that's not, that's a little, and I'm like, but I kind of think it's funny. Like I'm not doing it like, but it's more like you can go now. Um, yeah. You're setting them free. How about that? You're setting yourself free too, which is cool. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious for people who are kind of at home right now and trying to figure out what to do, like, what are you, I know that you're teaching. Um, what do you recommend for people who are like trying to get into yoga right now or want to play with it? There's tons of great apps and websites and stuff like that. So like, what do you like right now? Yeah. Um, so right now I'm on, (laughs) I'm on a lot of different sites. Um, I actually am part of one that's local here, the downtown yoga and wellness co-op has their own and it's, it's quite inexpensive. Um, I think compared to like the bigger ones, but there's live classes, which is great because you can receive feedback while you're practicing, especially if you're newer to yoga, um, that feedback is really helpful. Um, but then there's also tons of recorded classes that are different lengths. Um, that one's really great. There's also, um, one that I practice on is Budokan online. And that is more for someone who's not sure if is like their main avenue. They have yoga, mobility, calisthenics, um, and they do like animal locomotion, which is really cool um, within the yoga practice. It's very intense, um, but in a good way. It feels primal and it's uh, 
it releases some stuff. That's for sure. Um, and then I, aloe moves is another one that's good. Yeah. I'm kind of on a lot, <laughs> but yeah, aloe moves is a good one too. And of course, YouTube. Like you know, if you want to start somewhere easy. Anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, exactly. I was um, a friend of mine. We would coordinate the class that we were going to take and then we'd each take it and then talk about it afterwards um oh, I love on, that. on youtube but i love everything Allo does um they're a great company as well um one of the questions that i ask everyone that i wanted to ask you because um it's the whole premise of this show the idea of love being viral that if we love ourselves we work on ourselves that that ripple is felt so that we then influence our children, our friends, our loved ones, our community, and eventually the globe at whole, the idea of generational social change. So I'm curious from your perspective, how would you tell, how would you make love go viral or how are you doing it in your everyday life? Yeah. Um, for me, it's through the practice of yoga. Um, yoga to me is love and I, I can't teach if I'm not loving my students and I definitely can't teach if I'm not loving myself. So by loving myself through practicing yoga and through eating, you know, in ways that are healthy for my body and, and taking care of myself, I am a better teacher, which means that I can share that love and through yoga to more people. And I think that hopefully like as I teach them yoga, they learn to love themselves more and it becomes this ripple effect. I love that. I love that. And I'm so glad to have met you, someone local. Um, so I'll have to come <laughs> do classes whenever I'm uh, back into that. that. Um, where can people find you if they want to look for you? Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, my website is Yoga with Adriana. It's um, Adriana, A-D-R-I-A-N-A. -A. Um, same with my Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, actually, YouTube is Yoga with Adriana Lee. But um, pretty much everything is the same otherwise. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and what you're sharing and what you're doing in the world um, through your platform and helping others um, find themselves on their mat. So thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for joining me today. I love Adriana's reminder that we shouldn't waste a good trigger. You can find her online, IG, Facebook, and TikTok at yogawithadriana.com and on YouTube at Yoga with Adriana Lee. As always, please subscribe, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. We are always interested in content that uplifts, so if you have ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at dearlive at loveisviral.com. You can also find us on Instagram at loveisviral.media or visit our website at loveisviral.com. Apple users, don't forget to give the Live Pocket Coach a try by downloading it for free for seven days.